Hey everyone, welcome back to the Why We Disney podcast. Thank you for joining us once again. Today we're going to be talking about one of the most popular uh, lands in all of Walt Disney World and Disneyland, okay? And that is Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. So get ready to hear a lot of information. You might want to take notes, but without further ado, let's go ahead and jump into today's episode. We hope that you guys are so excited. Hey guys, and welcome back to another magical episode. And let's just say this episode is going to be out of this world in a different world per se. That's right. We are going to be talking about the one, the only Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. Note, Casey and I have some nice Star Wars apparel on today. Casey, where's your from? Mine is from, mine's from Ellie and May. And you can use code Casey10 for 10% off your order. What? Okay, plug. Mine's from Coles. This is from Coles. Who knew? Grab yourself some Star Wars apparel. As Casey said, I'm so glad you told the listeners to grab a pen. I don't know about you, but there's so many things to know about Galaxy's Edge, both on the East and West Coast, all the history, the rides, the food. So are you ready to dive into it? Let's do it. Okay, so we got to go back six years, y'all. All the way back in 2015, Star Wars Galaxy's Edge was announced, right? And it took six years from the concept development all the way to the construction and it being open to the public. Yeah. Crazy. I'm, I'm looking at my notes here because you got to know the dates, you got to know everything. So Walt Disney World in August 29th of 2019, it officially opened at Disney uh, Disney World and it was at Hollywood Studios. So what perfect placement to put it in Hollywood Studios because Hollywood Studios is all about that movie immersion, being a part of the movie, being a part of the scene. And we all know that Galaxy's Edge and Batu is a completely immersive environment. You see no parts of Disney anywhere. So I just want to give it up to them. It's a great place to put it. Yeah, I completely agree. Cannot agree more. So I just want to say a pro tip here. You can go ahead and watch the Behind the Attractions episode of Star Tours. And this is going to give you the full history. And you can see kind of the development of this one ride, Star Wars, to a whole land. (laughs) And isn't that crazy? A thought concept. We went from one ride or one character to a whole land in the theme park, which is just absolutely amazing so yeah george lucas the creator of star wars franchise sold the rights over to disney in 2015 so now disney is owning another part right and he wanted to spend more time with his family that's why he sold it over to disney and he wanted to put it in the hands of a company that he trusted and can you imagine if it didn't go over to disney Wow, that's crazy to think about now. Yeah. Wow. There's just no Galaxy's Edge and none of those fans coming over. I know. So I just want to give some fun facts about George Lucas himself. So at Disneyland's second day, not opening day, but the second day, he was actually there as a child at the opening of Disneyland. It really came full circle. Yeah. I just think it's cool that he's been like a fan his entire life of Disney. I just, I don't know. I just think that's cool. And like, what better 
what better company to put like literally your whole life's work into to make it more successful? And did they make it more successful? Like, good gracious. I know. So he like, he was a fan, right? And then he created the Star Wars. So when Disney was like, oh, we should probably have a ride for this really big franchise. George Lucas gave his opinions and his insight into the Star Tours ride. Now, Star Tours in Walt Disney World and Hollywood Studios is right outside Galaxy's Edge. It's not yes. in Galaxy's Edge. I do want to make that known because some people are like, where's the Star Tours ride? It's not in Batu. <laughs> All right, there's there's just a lot going on. We'll get into the rides and the theming, but there's there's just so much to expect when you're going to Galaxy's Edge. And I really would love you to kind of let the listeners know what they're in for. Absolutely. What is walking into Star Wars Galaxy's Edge look like? What is this whole thing? Okay, so when you're entering Galaxy's Edge, right, you are welcome to explore the Black Spire Outpost from the planet of Batu. Okay. Some common locals there are smugglers, rogue, rogue traders, excuse me, um, droids, and other creatures that are trying to stay out of sight of the First Order, okay? And let's make this known, too. So the planet Batu is not in any Star Wars movie whatsoever, okay? But the timeline is based between the 8th and ninth newest trilogy of the Star Wars, right? Okay? So it's it's very interesting when you walk through and you're like maybe expecting to see like Darth Vader or like, you know, R2-D2, whatever. But you just you just don't, you know. Um, and I think. Yeah. Because I, I just want people to know, like some of you might be listening because you haven't been to Galaxy's Edge before. And right. some of you might be listening because you haven't been there and you're not a fan. Like myself. When I went there. I thought that I was meeting the the Darth Vader, and that's not him. It's Kylo Ren. Yeah. So uh, you you just I would recommend watching at least one movie before you go. And as Casey said, that seven eight nine, the newest trilogy, is mm-hmm. going to be most beneficial. Yeah, absolutely. And so the main indicator of the timeline is actually during the ride, Rise of the Resistance, right? Which we're going to talk about the ride here in a few minutes. But so you'll notice that General Hux is still taking orders from Kylo Ren. So it hasn't been yet revealed that General Hux is the mole that is feeding information over to the Resistance. So Really, you have you don't have to pay attention too much to kind of understand like where Galaxy's Edge is at in the timeline. I just think it's so cool, like the re- the creativity they did to put into this, like creating a whole new thing, not even like scratching it from a movie, like a whole new thing, a whole new world. Please, <laughs> never new knew. World. Never knew it. That's who we've never knew it. Sorry, I had to. I'm sorry, guys. No, no, you're good. You're good. So don't forget, guys, that when you're walking through Star Wars Galaxy's Edge, make sure you keep an eye out for character sightings, okay? So you might see Ray or Chewie um, is known to be sighting for prepping for another standoff with the First Order, okay? So they're constantly, like, running around, like, trying to get things in order, right? And then you might see Kylo Ren and his army of stormtroopers, by the way. So cool. They're so cool. Oh, my gosh. So what they do is they walk around and they surf the crowds. And what they're doing is trying to capture resistance spies, which 
they stay in character so perfectly throughout the entire thing. Like Kylo Ren has literally walked up to me and like asked me specific questions. And I'm like, uh, um, uh, I, 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 and I probably look guilty as I'll get out. Like, do I not look so guilty? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> so I have three really fun facts that I'm super excited to share with you guys. Okay. So the first one is in the resistance area of Galaxy's Edge, okay? So you'll find a gray and blue X-wing ship. So y'all, y'all, this is an actual prop from the very popular Disney Plus series, The Mandalorian. They literally shot with it on The Mandalorian on set, and then they shipped it right before opening day in 2019 in Hollywood Studios. I will look at that X-Wing differently. Will you not, Kara? Um, yes. I'm still a little confused as to which one it is. Again, guys, I'm not a, star, a big Star Wars fan. So it's important <laughs> that you guys write down these fun facts and these tips because there's so much to keep up on. So I like I know there's a ship. And it's blue and gray. It's blue and gray. So I got it. I will now knowing this information, I'm gonna like, you know, keep that in the back of my head and look at it next time. Absolutely. Absolutely. And another fun fact, which is actually my favorite fun fact that I found out, I literally geeked out on this. Kara, have you ever noticed in Galaxy's Edge that every single trash can, every single one of them has a number on it? Have you noticed that? Not at all, because they blend in too much. They do. Y'all, I had to Google pictures of Galaxy's Edge trash cans to make sure, okay? There is a number, and it's the same number on every trash can, and it's 32638272. What in the world is that number for? Well, this is actually a hidden reference to the sector number where Luke Skywalker, Han Solo, and Princess Leia were, were trapped in that trash compactor. This was the number represents the sector that they were in. Did you see this movie, Kara? Uh, I did watch all the movies. Can I reference the scene? Not at all, but it's cool. <laughs> yeah. Do you not remember them being in the trash chute and the walls were like getting closer and closer and closer and closer and closer together? Uh, no. It's totally okay. It's totally okay. So I geeked out on this. I had to Google what, like, I'm like, surely there's not a number on every single trash can. And I've never noticed it. Yo, there is a number on every single trash can. And it's the very same number. It's 3263827. How cool is that? Only the super fans would know that, man. I'm telling you. Okay. My third and final fact here is so similar to Toy Story Land, where they have Andy's footprint, right, stamped in stamped in the ground. So Galaxy's Edge also has their exclusive feature similar to Toy Story Land, right? So the original R2-D2 costume was actually brought in. So when they poured the concrete down for Galaxy's Edge, they actually ran the costume that they shot the first trilogy, R2-D2, right? They literally like walked him through. So those tracks that you see on the ground when you're walking through Galaxy's Edge, that's legitimately from R2-D2, the original. How cool is that? And I think it's to scale, not the, the very big Andy's footprint. So it's a little bit different. You're going to have to look for it, but it's really nice to know. Yes. Yes. So cool. 
So cool. All right. And well, obviously, there's so much more to do with Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. So let's talk about some rides and some food. Carrie, you want to take us off with what they can expect as far as rides and food? Well, where is there to start but the two most, uh, probably most popular rides in Hollywood Studios right now, which is the two in Galaxy's Edge, Rise of the Resistance. Mm-hmm. And the Millennium Falcon. Now, uh, we do want to preface this by saying, remember, that not everyone is guaranteed to ride Rise. Um, right. This is still a boarding group system right now, although wait times have been very low and people have been getting extra boarding groups. But that's neither here nor there. Just want to give you the tea. Um, oh. But if you do get a boarding group and ride Rise, you are going to absolutely love it as a not really big Star Wars fan myself. I will say that that's still one of my top three rides in the whole parks system. Um, I will, they were coming at me and asking me questions and it was just so cool. So yeah. we do hear that there is now a standby line for rides, right? Crazy. Yeah. How crazy is that? So based on some research, they've opened up a standby line almost after all the boarding groups have gone through. So just stay tuned for that. We're going to try to give you guys all the updates on these boarding groups. Now with annual passes coming out and more boarding groups and Remy Ratatouille, it's a lot to keep up with. So make sure to head over to our Instagram at Why We Disney Podcast so you can stay up to date on all of those things. And we're actually going to post our reel on the tips and tricks on how to get a boarding group for that. So stay tuned for that as well. And you, you, you might be guessing, well, how, like, how do I get it? Well, right now to join a queue, it's available at two times, 7 a.m. and 1 p.m. And you don't have to be in the park. However, you do have to have a high, I almost said high school musical, a Hollywood Studios park reservation. So you have to go into Hollywood that day. You have to be on your phone at 659.58, refreshing, okay, getting yourself a boarding group because Rise of the Resistance is just like any other. Can you give any insight or any opinions on that ride for, for the viewers? Well, yeah, so I I think that it's I've heard people say that it's frustrating when I plan to park hop to Hollywood Studios. So I don't have a park reservation, but I plan to park hop. Why can't I get a boarding group at one or two o'clock? And it's it's one of those things. So just make sure that if you don't have a park reservation for Hollywood Studios and you are park hopping over, unfortunately, you will not be able to get a boarding group. Now, this standby line, though, could be a game changer. Um, I've heard really good things about it so far that they're kind of letting people go through the line after most of the boarding groups are already through. So, I mean, you could still potentially ride it if you park hop, but just keep in mind you know, it's, you, you're not guaranteed to ride it. So yeah, there's that. But something you could ride is Smuggler's Run. Now, if you're a big Star Wars fan, I know that you have fantasized and dreamed over the idea of driving Han Solo's famous Millennium Falcon. And I hear that this is the ship. Okay, good to know. So in the Star Wars galaxy, it is known as the hunk of junk in the galaxy. And um, this ride allows you to drive, defend, and engineer the ship. There are six riders per little section. 
to mm-hmm. drivers, to defenders, to engineers. Mm-hmm. Uh, quote from Kara. <laughs> Do not wait in a two hour long ride <laughs> to only be the engineer or the defender. Right. <laughs> yes. Ask the yeah. cast member when you get to the front to please let you be a pilot. Because I promise you that is the best experience of the ride is to actually drive it. And I don't want you to waste two hours of your day standing in the line to do nothing as an engineer. But you didn't hear that from me. (laughs) Don't quote Kara, but she said it. I I, absolutely, I agree. I love the pilot seat is just, you get the whole experience, right? And I also love the gunner or the defender um, option as well. I've, I don't hate that. I'll wait two hours to be the defender, but you're right. I will not wait two hours to be an engineer. Sorry. Yes. yes. <laughs> and accordingly. And um, just so you know that Smugglers Run, Millennium Falcon Smugglers Run, did recently open a, a single rider line. So if you yeah. try to get there a little bit faster through the queue, you can take that single rider. Again, a little sidebar carrot tip. I'm sorry. I just want the listeners to know. We, um, uh, on my latest trip, we asked a cast member what the wait time was for that. And they said because there's so many groups going on, even groups, that sometimes single rider lines can be even longer than the standby queue. So I just, I don't want to say go in single rider. It'll be shorter. It might not. Yeah, it might not be. Right. Dang. Didn't think about that. Pro tips here. Another pro tip is where to eat. So you have a couple of different options in Galaxy's Edge. You have the Docking Bay 7 for some food and cargo. You have Ronto Roasters, the famous milk stand with that amazing blue milk. Um, you have Kat, Casey, is it Kat Sada's Kettle? Kat Sada's Kettle or Sock? Saka's kettle. I'm sorry, I don't speak back to you, and I forget what the language is, but I can't speak it. Um, they have, All I know is popcorn. <laughs> yes, they have that famous um, kettle popcorn that comes in a couple of different colors and flavors, and of course, Oga's Cantina that I, I do suggest. But I just want to let you guys know if you haven't tried the blue milk, it doesn't taste like milk. So I, I recently posted on my Instagram, people were like, how are you drinking milk on like a hundred degree day? It, it's like a slushy. Yeah. It's $7.99 normal, the milk or green, uh, sorry, the blue or green. And then it's $14 if you decide to get it a little spiked. Mm-hmm. So um, definitely go and try those out. Yeah, for sure. On a hot day, it's refreshing, actually. You wouldn't think that it would be, but it is definitely refreshing. And I want to say too, that at Oga's Cantina, you do have to make a, uh, a reservation for that. You can't, normally you can't just walk up at Oga's. So keep that in mind. And keep in mind as well that you are making a reservation for possibly standing room because that I think Kara was confused one time when she went to Oga's, I believe, right? Yes. And you were like, I made, but I made a reservation. And they're like, yeah, this is your spot. And you're like, but there's no chair here. There's no chair. And like after standing in the heat of Galaxy's Edge, after a long day in Hollywood Studios, all I wanted to do, I was so excited to go into Oga's Cantina and sit down and have a drink. And they were like, here's this really close knit stand at the bar. (laughs) Oh, okay. I guess my feet will have no relaxation, but that's fine. (laughs) Yeah. Yes. And I will say too, Oga's is a very immersive part as well of Galaxy's Edge. Um, 
you truly feel like you're in one of the movies and gosh, there's just so much going on. It's very loud in there. It's very fun atmosphere. You will enjoy it, especially if you're a Star Wars fan, but even if you're not, it is really fun. Yeah. And even if you're not a Star Wars fan, there's still some cool things that you can do. Absolutely. Well, let's talk about some cool things that we can do. Also, some experiences that they offer in Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. You can build your own droid. Now, this is $99.99. And you would build this over at the Droid Depot. Okay. This experience takes about 15 to 20 minutes and it is non-refundable because it is completely custom. Okay. So you can build your own droid, your own colors, or or you can build your own lightsaber. Now, this experience is $219.99. The location where you would build one of these is at Savvy Workshop. Savvy Workshop. And keep in mind, guys, if you are DVC or Annual Pass, you can use your discount for both of these experiences. So I know that price of that lightsaber seems a little steep, but if you have an annual pass or DVC, you can use your discount there. Or if you know someone, Hey, I'm not, I'm not above like letting somebody borrow my annual pass to get that discounted. (laughs) For sure. Well, guys, we have so much to talk about and we've been talking about the East Coast for a little bit, but there are some differences on the West Coast. So we're going to take a quick ad break and then come to you with some surprises. Welcome back, guys. So in the last segment, we talked a lot about the East Coast. And I'm so glad that Kara teased you guys about how we have something special coming for you in our second segment. And we do. We have two very special guests who have joined us in this final segment of the huge topic of Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. So everyone give just a warm welcome to our editor, Sydney and our social media manager, Amanda. Thank you guys for joining us. Hi, everybody. (laughs) I'm so happy. So now they're obviously um, with Disney World and Disneyland, they're pretty much the same, but there are some key differences that we really need to talk about and pull out. So I'm just going to let you guys take it away. What's the first one that people need to look out for to go to both of them? Yeah, so um, the main difference is that Galaxy's Edge actually opened in Disneyland first before Hollywood Studios. So it actually opened in Disneyland on May 31st, 2019. Uh, so like three full months before it opened on the East Coast. Us West Coast people got a little preview of it. And no, like Instagram was blowing up with like, oh, I can't wait until it comes to the East Coast because it just looked amazing. Right. So I would say that that um, was a big difference that we kind of got it a little bit earlier, not too much there, but um, <laughs> you did. You got a preview. That's not fair. <laughs> it was so fun too. Um, but I will say that like Rise of Resistance actually got to go to the East Coast first, so it kind of we like swapped roles that you guys got in like December, and we had to wait until January. I think it was I had to wait till February to go on it. Um, right. So we kind of have 
a little swapping of roles there later it's, on. It's fair. It's fair. <laughs> yeah, and um, I know Amanda went like pretty soon after it opened in Disneyland, so she was like one of the first people to see it. I had to I wait. Was, until, yeah. yeah, I had to wait until September after it opened, but it was still just like such a magical experience to see it and. Um, I was excited to see the Disney World version afterwards and compare them. Um, And that kind of leads us into our next difference, because one of the main differences that everyone notices is that there are three entrances to the Disneyland version where there are only two at Walt Disney World. And uh, some people might not think this makes a difference, but I think it does. <laughs> so first, the entrances, um, I can kind of explain where they go to. There is a Critter Country Trail that goes from Critter Country, and it leads into the Rise of the Resistance area. Um, so you can go like straight to the ride that way if your boarding group is called. And then the next is the Frontierland Tunnel, and that actually opens up in the center of Black Spire Outpost. And then there is one that's kind of like by Fantasyland and Big Thunder Mountain Trail, and that connects to the First Order section. So, um, yeah, you have those three entrances, and it kind of puts you in a different part of the land in Batu. That is so cool. I want to know, Sydney and Amanda, what are your favorite entrances to walk through? because kind of like what Sydney was saying it depends on where you're going like which entrance you go through so when our like rise of since boarding group was called like we went through the critter country one because that's like the quickest way to get there and you know we wanted to hop on rise as quick as possible um but so it kind of depends on where you're going I feel like I kind of gravitate towards um the fantasy land one just because like so the tunnel yeah so just the way I go around the park that's where I kind of just naturally go but it depends on what I'm going for what my mission is I guess yeah (laughs) I would say the same thing um basically wherever whatever ride I'm on too if I'm on like Haunted Mansion I'm gonna go the Critter Country route if especially if I have rides to the resistance passes or, you know, if I'm in that, like, main castle area, I'll take the Fantasyland. But that one actually does have a special place because that was the first entrance I walked through when I first saw it. And, like, I just was so speechless. <laughs> and I think you can kind of hear I took a video of, like, walking through it to experience it for the first time. And you can probably hear me, like, choke up a little bit. Oh, I love that. Now I'm thinking. So when we did it, I did, like, a preview period galaxy said and they yeah. made us go through the critter country one which is not the best entrance because you go go through a tunnel you know it's nothing like spectacular um and yeah. they made us go through that one for the review that we did so i'm kind of jealous Sydney. you better go through the tunnel the first time <laughs> yeah it was very special and then you can like you see it transition from like you know theme park to like this is you're in outer space you're on this planet and then you hear the music in the background and then like the first thing you like you see the blue milk stand and everything and it's great (laughs) for sure for sure what's next all right the next difference um this is kind of a big difference that at the disney world um galaxy's edge in hollywood studios there is much more alcohol 
So, and that's just kind of Disneyland versus Disney World in general. There's a lot more alcohol just in Disney World overall compared to Disneyland. Disneyland actually did not have any alcohol at all except for Club 33 until Oga's Cantina opened in 2019. So Oga's Cantina was the first alcohol that was open like public in Disneyland. Um, and that's the only place you can get it in Galaxy's Edge currently at Disneyland. Whereas at Hollywood Studios, you can add alcohol to your blue or green milk. You can grab it at Ronto Roasters or Docking Bay 7, um, as well as Ogus Cantina, but at Disneyland, only in Ogus, um, which was really exciting for us. Like, I am not a big drinker at all, but still, it was so exciting. Like, you can actually grab a beverage in Disneyland for the first time ever. And now Disneyland has expanded a little bit that at Blue Bayou, you can also get alcoholic drinks now. Um, they're kind of branching out a little bit more, um, but it was it was really cool that it was our first place that we could get in Disneyland. Interesting. Yeah, that's yeah. really cool. And I think the drinks are very similar. So I've been into Oga's in both um, the East Coast and West Coast, and they're very similar. I kind of felt like the drinks in Disneyland were stronger, which I kind of feel that way overall. Like... <laughs> I feel like I get my money's worth more when I'm drinking at Disneyland opposed to Disney World, which is funny because they were very anti-alcohol for a while. Um, yeah. But even like the cup sizes were different. I feel like the glasses that they used in Disney are a little bit bigger. I could be making that up, but I do know that they're different shapes. So, um, <laughs> yeah. Sydney, have you been in Bogus yet? No, I was going to make a reservation last time, but my trip got cut short due to COVID, but I am excited to try it. I hope if I had standing room only, I probably wouldn't enjoy it as much. So I'm hoping to sit down and relax. I know that's one thing that Kara is probably <laughs> against, but I have a love-hate relationship with Ogus Cantina. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but I'm excited to try it. So I'm going to need your guys' drink recommendations when I go. For sure. Yeah. For sure. Yep. Up next. Um, yeah. So our next fun fact about the differences uh, is actually that you can see fireworks from the Galaxy's Edge in Disneyland. And you can't see really fireworks. You don't get that view in Disney World. So when they do their fireworks show at night, you can actually see it right over the Millennium Falcon, which is really cool. So if you haven't experienced that, I recommend looking it up on YouTube or go looking for pictures because it's a pretty cool view. And I know a lot of people like to photograph Galaxy's Edge at night. So that's a, a fun little thing that you can have in the back of your photos. Is this Disneyland fireworks? Is it the Star Wars fireworks? It's Disneyland fireworks. So they have like Mickey's Mix magic going on right now. Mm -hmm. um, and you can see those at kind of like they're over the castle, but from the view of Galaxy's Edge, they come up right behind the Millennium Falcon. Mm -hmm. Yep. That's super cool. I think that Galaxy's Edge is definitely like a closed down the park worthy land because they do light it up so nicely. But apparently in Disneyland, more so in Disney World, it's way more of a closed down worthy land because of the fireworks. That's really cool. Yeah, it is me. I've never seen them yet, but I've seen pictures and they're gorgeous. Like that's definitely on my bucket list to do fireworks in there sometime. 
Sure. Yeah. Um, so our next major difference, and this one, um, I have not really like examined this a ton, but we've heard this from multiple people that the merchandise and food actually is cheaper, less expensive in Disneyland and Disney World. Uh, which like blows my mind, like it's me, you would think that things would just be exactly the same. Um, but it's a little bit cheaper in Disneyland. And um, also the food options are a little bit different as well. So I know like there's different offerings. Um, Docking Bay 7, if you look at those menus, you have a, definitely a few different things on them. So when you are looking at things and you're like, oh, food's from Galaxy's Edge. I want to grab that when I go to Disneyland. Like make sure you're looking at the menu and make sure that it's at the Disneyland Galaxy's Edge because some things are not. So like, for example, I know the Melaroon juice, which a lot of people love, is not available in Orlando. It's only Anaheim. Um, Anaheim also has this amazing like cold brew, which I thought of you, Casey, when I saw a picture of this. It's this cold brew with like cocoa puffs on top of it and sweet cream foam. And it looks amazing. I'm going to definitely grab it in a couple weeks and let you know how it is. Um, yes. But it's only offered at Disneyland. So, um, you know, we always hear their copy and pasted lands and everything's exactly the same, but they're not. Um, so be careful when you are adding to your food list. I want to grab this and this and this and this. Make sure that it's in the right galaxy's edge. <laughs> <You're going to. laughs> I'm for sure adding that to my list when I go to Disneyland for sure. Wow. What else is there? Man, I'm just learning so much. <laughs> so uh, the next thing I have for you is that the boarding group times for Rides Over the Resistance is actually different in each park. So um, you can get a boarding pass at 7 a.m. or 12 p.m. in Disneyland. So those times are a little bit different. Don't mess those up because <laughs> you definitely want a boarding pass. Oh my gosh. I'll be trying to get mine in Disneyland at like one o'clock and everyone's like, no, they're no, it's over. I wonder what is different though. Like, I don't know. Cause you I mean, we hear the copy paste all the time. So it's just like, they kept the seven the same is 12 o'clock something important over in Disneyland. Right. Or my question is, is one o'clock something important in Disneyland? And that's why they had to move it to 12. I don't know. Or what's so, about park hop? Does that have anything to do with it? So park hopping is available at one o'clock. Mm -hmm. So that could be part of it that, you know, they want to see what your boarding pass for. Because right now, not only can you get a boarding group for Rise Resistance, but also Web Slingers in a vendor's right. campus in TCA. So depending on which ride you get it for might depend on where you're park hopping to so that might be why they do 12 o'clock interesting. interesting we just figured that out too like brainstorm and figured that one out listen I'm impressed. <laughs> um and then the last difference we have which i don't even know if this is super noticeable i've been to both and i can't say that i noticed this but in my research i found out that the color scheme is actually different so in Orlando, they're more bold, darker colors, whereas in Anaheim, it's more like weathered and muted colors. Um, Sydney, did you really notice this when you were at both lands? Um, I want to say it was more intense in Florida, but I just kind of 
uh, thought that was because of the sun <laughs> and how hot it is there, especially like, cause I walked through Toy Story Land to get there the first time I visited. So I just like, I already saw the bold colors in Toy Story Land and then the sun was beating down cause you know, it's always hot there. Um, so I think that probably made the difference for me, but mm-hmm. now that you do mention it, like I've looking back at photos I can tell kind of the difference between the ones that I've taken in Disneyland and the ones that I take in Disney World that's interesting I'll have to look now yes so many things to look out for y'all I'm just I'm just blown away because you do you hear so much like copy and paste like it's the exact same thing but like food is different drinks are different like it's just so much I I'm really glad that we are talking about this I absolutely love it I do have some questions for Sydney and Amanda. Do y'all feel like answering some Q&A about Disneyland? Of course. <laughs> okay, so my first one is what are your favorite hidden Star Wars details in Galaxy's Edge Disneyland? Ooh, you're putting us on the spot. <laughs> yeah. I can go first because I already answered. Okay, you go first. Um, and this is something that's different than Florida, too. So um, in Galaxy's Edge in Disneyland, there is actually a hidden Mickey, which is not in Florida. And I don't know if you've seen this one, Sydney. Uh, I can share a picture of it so everyone can see it. But it's basically like stormtroopers had their blaster. And of course, they missed because they're stormtroopers and hit the wall. And it's a hidden Mickey right at the wall. So I will share a picture that I have of that. But that's one of my favorite hidden details. And I go and I visit it every time I'm in Galaxy. And it's not in Disney World? No, it's not. Yeah, at least not the same one that I'm thinking of. I'm sure there's hidden Mickey's because that's Disney. They always make sure there's hidden Mickey's everywhere. Um, But that specific blaster one is not in Disney World. Yeah, definitely share a picture of that, and then I'll include it in our little YouTube video so everyone knows what you're talking about. (laughs) Sydney, what's Um, your favorite? So mine's more obvious because I noticed that you guys already discussed it on the script, but my favorite detail is the R2-D2 tracks that they imprinted. Um, Just like the thought of doing that and knowing it was the original R2-D2, it just... I like freaked out when I found out and then I like purposely looked for it the first time I went to the one in Disney World and found it and like took pictures and videos. And if you saw my camera roll, you would probably think like, oh, she just left her camera on and it's filming the floor. (laughs) But really, I know it's special. (laughs) I love that. Yeah, that we did discuss that in the last segment. I think that's one of the coolest touches. Did you guys know that there is a number on every single trash can in Galaxy's Edge. Did y'all know that detail? And it was I the same. Know. You didn't know that? Mm-mm. Oh my God. Okay, I geeked out on that one. I geeked out. I'm not going to mention it again because it was earlier in the episode, but I geeked out on that detail. I did too. And I tell everyone, every new person I go into Galaxy's Edge with, that's like my fun fact that I tell them. So I'm impressed that you know that, Casey. Yes, uh, girl, in my research, you know, you know. (laughs) All right, so my next question, if you guys could take anything home, anything from Galaxy's Edge, anything, what would it be and why? A free droid. 
Would Shayla like freak out? <laughs> uh, she will try to destroy it. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> Amanda, I'm so like, I want to see it. Um, but I'm so upset. It's in your classroom and you're at home right now. So I would really love to see that. You should I'll post a picture videos. of it. I have videos of playing tic-tac-toe with him. So I'll send you videos. <laughs> I love it. I absolutely love it. Well, there was my little uh, question segment there. We also need to talk about some new stuff that is coming to Galaxy's Edge. Uh, Kara, take us off. I like, I get anxious talking about it because what's coming to Galaxy's yeah. Edge? And sorry, my West Coast friends, this is only coming to Walt Disney World right now. Um, but it is the ultimate Star Wars Galactic star cruiser i don't want to get this wrong it's galactic star cruiser um so this is a new location it's going to be a resort not only a resort but it's going to be equal parts hotel and theme park in this building thing. which is mind-blowing in this galactic cruiser so um it's going to have guests come on and they are going to be travelers of this luxurious star cruiser and um they're going to be able to take advantage and take part of these like exclusive various activities and events and just one of the events a part of their voyage is going to be traveling to the land of Batu. So a part of that uh, excursion is going to be actually going to Hollywood Studios, going to Galaxy's Edge, the land of Batu. Um, now some pricing came out for this, some information came out. I don't know about you guys, but it was overwhelming. Uh, you almost have to take out a loan to do this, but I'm sure people are going to do it. Um, I, w- I wish uh, people could support the Why We Disney podcast team and we could go voyage on it. I know it's going to be an amazing experience, even for non-Star Wars fans. It's something that's going to be so immersive. Um, think of it almost like, I don't know, they're calling it a Star Cruiser. It's almost like a cruise ship right? It's going to be this whole experience. And then you also get to go to Batu. What What are your thoughts? What are your opinions? Does anyone have plans to go on it? I wish. <laughs> if someone wants to give me 4,500 bucks. <laughs> really? Is it really that expensive? For two, I think it's like around 4,500 for four, like a family of four, it's close to 6,000 for two days. So the price is out of this world <laughs> and um, it, it's it's crazy. And right now I, you know, we're talking about being able to justify things and, and prices of things. And that's just not something I can justify to not be able to, I'm spending four grand and not going to the other parks. I, I just can't do it. But I know our diehard Star Wars fans out there are super excited to go on this. And we, of course, on the podcast are going to give you as much information and as much um, updates as possible. And I know when everyone goes on, there's going to be so many pictures. And uh, I'm excited for other people. It's just, I don't know when I'll get to the Star Wars. <laughs> Same. Yeah. Same. It's on my list, but who knows when we'll get to it. You will. I believe it. When it becomes less popular, like let Disney come out with a bunch of other stuff and then we'll come back to it. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. For sure. Well, y'all, I've absolutely loved this segment. I want to first thank just Sydney and Amanda for coming on with us to talk about to talk about the West Coast. Like, unfortunately, Karen, I just don't get out there yet ever. But I'm just so happy to have your perspective. So thank you so much for joining us today. You guys rock. All right. 
Well, guys, do not forget to make sure to follow us on Instagram and all of our social medias. We literally have them all. And make sure you subscribe to our monthly newsletter as well. Uh, Super excited about having that go out and our new team members. So don't forget to follow us all on social media. We love you guys so much. Thank you for joining us today, and we hope you have a great week. Bye. Bye.